Well, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I get to pull double duty today. Isn't that exciting? Yes. Pastor John's making me work for my full-time status. So, uh, But it, it's good. It's uh, It's been a great month, and I'm just excited for the place that God has me. And uh, I'm just, again, I'm grateful to all of you for helping to make it happen. So thank you. Uh, we just read from James 1 which I think is very familiar to those of us who have been a part of Southside for a number of years, right? We want to put our faith into action. It's so easy to let things go in one ear and out the other, especially in today's world where there's so much information pouring in and pouring out. But you know this Friday we, we had Secret Church, and it was, a, it was kind of fun because it was like very quickly going through a lot of stuff. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. And some people weren't really used to that, but others of us just loved it. Uh, but one of the things I really appreciated was at the end, like uh, David Platt gave a, a very strong word about the word of the Lord and just how important it is, uh, the Bible, the scripture. It's, it's God-breathed, and we want... This is something that we can't just let go in one ear and out the other, but we've got to act on it. We've got to live in obedience to what it says because it has the power to change lives. It has the power to change lives. And that's part of our faith. It's part of our faith journey. And so I just want to encourage, if you're not getting into the Bible, to do so. Because it, it can change. It will change your life. So that's my little spill for Secret Church. But it was good. How many of you look at billboards when you drive? All right, lots of hands. A lot of you look at billboards, and others of you maybe just got that tunnel vision, like nothing, you don't see anybody or anything else, right? I, I tend to be that way, but sometimes I do look at billboards. And there was one day when Jess and I were driving, and we saw this big red billboard that said, this year, thousands of men will die because of stubbornness. And then right underneath that, if you've ever seen it, it's got, it's like, it looks like somebody graffitied it, and it says, no, we won't. And it was, it was hilarious. At the time, I thought it was real graffiti that somebody had done on there, but it turns out it was actually part of the sign, but it was just funny, and we found that, that this was a topic of conversation, like, many times on the road, just because it, it's kind of hilarious. But the idea was, of course, that men should seek medical attention and address any medical issues that they might have so that they can prolong their life and they can live longer lives. So there's a stubbornness of men, but it also reveals something different. It reveals what these stubborn men ultimately put their faith into because it's not doctors and it's not modern medicine. I don't know what it is. Maybe themselves and their own physical prowess. I think they're 20 years old or something. I don't know. But it reveals what their faith is not in. And the question I have for us today is, what do our lives say about our faith? What do our lives say about our faith? Because what we do ultimately reveals who or what we put our faith into. And if people were to look in our lives at any given week, what would they see in us? Would they see a life that points to hope and faith in Jesus Christ? Or would they see something different? Would they see something different? What does your life say about your faith? What does your life say about your faith? Do you ever think about that? 
Jesus said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now our good deeds reveal our faith and they should always point people to God. And that's one of the reasons we do faith in action. Next week we're basically going to close down our building and we're going to go in action out into the community to serve. And we're not looking for anything in return. We're not looking for any, to get anything back. We're just simply going to put our faith into action and we want to serve our community. Because faith is invisible, but it can always be seen. Always be seen. The author of Hebrews writes that faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. And the reality is every one of us lives by faith. We have faith in something. Right? The way that we live our lives point to what we believe in. And I'm gonna... Let's look at some examples. What are some things that we see in the world that point to what our faith is in? Some actions that people do that reveal who or what their faith is in. Let's have some ideas. Adam. Checkbooks. Checkbooks. They reveal their faith is in their money. Financial stability. Very good. What else? In the government. Very true. People put a lot of faith in the government. What is that? Time. Okay, how does that, what does that mean? What you spend your time on. Very good. Your time, what you spend your time on reveals what your hope, what your faith is in. Good. Science. That's a big Western one. Science. Yes, we put a lot of faith in science. Science is everything. Al. In ourselves, in our own pride. Right. In our own abilities. Yes. Medication. Yes. Another good one. Medication. Yes, sir. Family and progress. Okay, how, well, how do you mean by progress? Yeah, good one. Good one. And family? Yeah, very true. Let us put our faith in our family, which isn't a bad thing. But ultimately, families are, are people that are going to fail. They're going to they're gonna let you down. God does not. Go ahead, Chris. Yep, faith in our government. Another one who said. Yes, Elizabeth. Other people. Right, these are all examples. Does anybody have uh, teenage drivers in their home? Yeah, <laughs> I see some winces going on from Jessica. Uh, we've got two, and next year, God willing, we're going to have four. <sighs> yeah, it's a little scary. But you know what? We, we laugh about this, we kind of worry a little bit, but really, like, we have a certain degree of faith that they're going to be able to take the car, and they're going to be able to get to where they're going, and that they're going to get home okay, and the car isn't going to be crashed, and they're not going to be in an ambulance, because if we didn't, we wouldn't allow them to take our car and to go off wherever they're going to go, right? But that reveals our faith. There was an infamous night in the Gallup household about 14 years ago. Um, 
this is when the, our, our twins, our youngest, uh, they're, they're freshmen now, but at the time they were just infants. And we had a night where um, Jess had just finished nursing them. And I don't know what it is about babies, but you know, as soon as they eat, it, they go. And we had, that night it was like one, two, maybe a little bit later that morning, but we had where she nursed them and they both just, and it blew out both of their diapers. Blew out. <laughs> yes. You get the picture. Many of us have had this again, right? But the thing of it is, this was not the first time that happened that night. I think it was like the third. Like the third time, and I had just had enough. I was, I was a little angry. I was mad. And, and Jess likes to share this story because she calls it my rage trip to Walmart. Because it was like two in the morning, and I went, and I, I was on a mission. We wanted different diapers. And the reality was because I had lost all faith in the diapers that we had. Those were not cutting it. They were not cutting it. But, you see, my actions revealed my faith. My faith was not in those diapers any longer. And spiritually speaking, faith is a foundational component of Christianity. It is a foundational component of Christianity. Faith has to do with a posture of obedience. Posture of obedience which really displays a person's trust in God. Displays whether or not we trust in God. Faith is essential. Absolutely essential if you are serious about having a relationship with God. It's critical. The Bible says it is impossible, impossible to please God without faith. So what does this look like in everyday life? Spiritually speaking, what does that look like? How is it lived out? And I'm just going to go through some very quick examples in Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the faith chapter. But I want you to notice something that these things have in common, okay? So we're just going to go through these really quick. I'm not going to give any backstory or anything like that. But just pay attention. By faith, Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God. By faith, Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. By faith, Abraham left his home and went to another land that God promised him. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. By faith, Isaac promised blessings for his sons. By faith, Joseph commanded Israel to take his bones with them when they left Egypt. By faith, Moses' parents hid him, knowing it could cost their lives. By faith, Moses shared the oppression of God's people. Instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin, the Bible says that Moses kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And there's a whole lot more in this chapter. The question is, what do all of these things have in common? Did you catch it? Faith, but what do we see? Actions. They're all actions. Because they didn't just believe, they didn't just have faith, but their faith was revealed through their actions. Their actions showed what their faith was in. Again, faith itself is invisible, but it can always be seen. Always be seen. Here are some characteristics of what faith looks like. Number one, faith involves risk. It involves risk. Now, risk may include humiliation, betrayal, loss, tragedy, and even death. Isn't that uplifting? You know, the good thing is, next week when we go out into our community, I don't think we have to worry too much about dying or about betrayal or stuff like that unless 
you know, Greg Hahn pushes somebody off of the roof. But I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> it should be relatively safe. However, next week, the risk might include maybe putting yourself out there in the face of rejection. It may include some of us being vulnerable and sharing some of our stories, some of our brokenness, so that we can ultimately share Jesus with somebody and they can, they can see his love through us. It might mean that we do all kinds of preparation and work really hard and there's no tangible results that we see. Now as a church, the risk might mean that we have a, a very small, dinky offering because people either don't show up or they just don't bring it and that's, that just, that's the risk that we take. It could mean that, that we will lose visitors who come in at 10.05, 10.10 and they come here but everybody's scattered so there's nothing going on so we may lose some visitors and because of these reasons most churches probably would not do this because there's a risk. But at said we want to believe God. We know this is his church and we're going to move forward and we're just going to trust God to provide for what we need. We're going to put our faith into action. Number two, faith involves personal involvement. Personal involvement, you can't just live on somebody else's faith. If you want to be a person of faith, we're going to need to get our hands dirty. And what does that look like? Could be. Lives are messy. Lives are messy, and there's always going to be a personal stake involved because life is messy. And are we willing to wade into somebody else's junk and invest our lives in other people? because we want to show them the love of Jesus. And that can look like a number of different things. Number three, faith involves time. If we want to connect with our community and show our faith through our actions, it's going to require our time. As we make the decision, really, to put an end to our own selfishness. To put an end to our selfishness and not live for ourselves anymore, but to live for other people. Ultimately, live for Christ. It's, it's a huge paradigm thing that goes against the world because the world is saying do this do this for your own pleasure your own desires and Jesus says no you're going to put ourselves down so that you can serve others so time is involved and lastly four number faith has a cost faith has a cost do you know that interesting thing is in much of western christianity faith really is often tied only to positive outcomes you ever hear the, the health and wealth gospel? Where if you just believe enough, God is going to give you everything that you want. And if you have some kind of handicap or something wrong with your body, it's simply because you don't have enough faith for God to do it. You don't have enough faith to believe that God's going to give you that new car you want. You know what I'm talking about? The reality is that's not true. That's not true at all. You look at any other country besides the U.S. and you see this in reality. Because... Faith could lead to rejection. It leads to persecution. We just saw some of that at Secret Church. We looked at the Church of Iran and, and how there is so much persecution there. And it can lead to death. There is a cost involved with our faith. And yet Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways and take up your cross daily and follow me. And... Here's the thing. At Southside, we realize that genuine faith is not just lived on a faith in action Sunday. But it's every part, every day of our lives. 
It's lived out every day of our lives. And it becomes who we are as we conform to the character of Christ. Amen? So next, sta- next week is a statement of who we are as a church. And we're not going to have our typical Sunday service. We are getting up early. 8.30 a.m. Woo! And we're not going to have a worship service, so we're basically coming in and we're going to get marching orders. We're going to gather in groups and we're going to pray together for what God might do through this. And then we're going to go out and serve our community in a number of different ways. We want to be the church. And you know, some of these projects are, they're physical labor, but the goal is not just to come and do work. But we want to impact other lives through it. This is just a tool that we are using so that we can impact lives for God, so that we can show them God's love. And you know, as, as I look out in our congregation, I know that there are some people that have already written off next Sunday. They're not going to come. They're not planning to be here. And I just want to challenge you a little bit. A little bit. What's holding you back? What might be holding you back? And for those of you that are coming, you're excited about it, you know, great, just hold on a little bit. But for those of us that maybe are not, what's holding us back? Because we've tried to do something that everybody can be a part of. We've got things for families. If you've got little kids, there's things that we've got that you can do for young and old. If you've got some physical limitations and you can't do a physical labor, there's something here for you. You don't have to to work hard. If your kids are too small, we've got childcare available so that you can still come and be a part of it. There's a number of different things. A number of different things. And, uh, Yeah, if you, I know sometimes when we come into a church, we don't really know a lot of people. Maybe we've been here for a little while. And it's just awkward because we still don't know anybody, right? And sometimes it's hard to make those connections. But I'm going to encourage you to make that initial step. Because when you do, you know, things happen. And we've had families that have come, uh, they felt disconnected from church until they came to a faith in action and they got to work alongside other people, and that's when they really felt like there was a connection, like they belonged, and God used that because there's power when believers come together and they work together for the glory of God. It's unifying. It's exciting. It's, it, it's energizing. And that's one of the ways that we can form lasting relationships. Now, there's others that maybe the time, man, 8.30 in the morning? Are you kidding me? That's my one day I get to sleep in. And I get that. I get that. Or maybe there isn't a single project that you connect with. I, and I understand that too. But you know what? Sometimes I do things not because I feel like it, not because I want to, because there are plenty of times that I don't, but I do it just because I know that it's the right thing to do. Right? And spiritual maturity really involves when we lead our hearts. We decide to lead our hearts by choosing to do what we know is right. We don't worry about how we feel. We just know it's the right thing to do. So we are going to make the decision to do it regardless. So I want to encourage you to get involved. And here's the thing. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Next Sunday is great. But it's really minimal. It's a minimal requirement. And if you can't make it for the whole morning or whatever is happening, come for what you can. But the truth is that's a very small thing. Faith in action is involved in so much more of our lives. There's so much more. Just Jessica and I were talking yesterday and we were, we're looking at discipleship and what that means 
because as a this you know discipleship is a, a key word in church now like everybody is kind of focusing on that but we're looking at what it means because we're realizing that just getting together for an hour with somebody in a week it may not be all that effective. It's good, and home groups are great for that, but the, the idea is that we want to build community. We want to build more where we're doing life together. And we're trying to figure out what that means in our household because it means we're going to have to let people in. We're going to have to to open up our home and let them see just who we are as, as we do life, not always teaching them and trying to transfer information, but just seeing who we are and how God has worked in us. It's and that's very different, and it's hard for us because we have no margin right now. And that means that we're going to have to look at how we're doing things and change some things up because right now it's just not possible. But if we believe that that's what God wants, we want to act on that. And there's a lot of different ways. What are some ways that God might be dealing with you or ways that he might be challenging you to live out your faith? Because it may not be that. It might be something totally different. Does anybody want to share? How might God be challenging you to live out your faith? Alina. Getting up early. early. I think you can do it. (laughs) That's a lot of coffee. Be afraid. Anybody else? Is God working in you? Or are you wrestling with something that he wants you to to do to live out your faith maybe in some ways that you haven't done before because we're a church body and I know God speaks to each of us He, he deals with us maybe a little differently than the next and I'd love to hear what God's doing in your life yeah okay Great. Yeah, awesome. Fear can hold a lot of us back. It's a lot of times it holds us back from moving forward where God wants us to go. So that's a great story. Awesome. Anybody else? That's so quiet. Greg Hahn. Do we need a microphone? Use your outside voice so everybody can hear. Yes.
Okay, so family challenges. Is a, a son, 11-year-old, with a disability. There's lots of things going involved at home. Uh, what did? What is God exactly? I, I missed that. Do you want? What is God challenging you to do to to live out your faith? Um, is it on? Yep. We're on. All yes. right. Um, what is God calling? You How to? is He challenging you to live out your faith? So, what does that look like exactly? Uh, well, it looks like the fact that I cannot change Drew. I cannot change my wife. The only thing I can do is is change myself. No matter how much I do at work or no matter how much I do outside of work, I can do that on my own. Mm -hmm. But I cannot, in my own power, uh, cause Drew to be a normal 11-year-old boy. Or can I cause my marriage to be exactly what I want it to be? So it it causes me to stretch myself through um, the the God-given abilities that that I have that I didn't know I had to be able to deal with, to be able to work through, uh, taking care of um, my son and and being there through my marriage and the other two children that I have. Yeah. Did that answer the question? I think so. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? How is God encouraging you to live out your faith, maybe stretching you or forcing you to think through some things a little different? All right. Well, I want to encourage you. I think God is always speaking. Um, and again, face an action next week. It's a great thing to do, not because we're just working, but we really want to impact lives. And, you know, maybe God might be starting something, a conversation with us as we wrestle with what this looks like in our day-to-day lives and how we think and how we go to work and we treat those around us and maybe just inviting somebody into our home so that they can see us. Not to try to convert somebody all the time, but just to love them and to show the love of Jesus to them. So I'd encourage you to think through that this week. Um, really always. Because we want to be obedient. We want to we do what God is calling us to do. Alright? All right, I'm going to invite the ushers forward. Uh, one of the things that we do that uh, re- reveals our faith is in our giving. And we have a number of generous people here that they give uh, regularly, they give joyfully, some of them give very sacrificially, 10, 15, 20%. And it's just amazing when they do that, not because they get some kind of recognition and reward for it, not because they have a lot of money, but simply because they have faith that God is going to provide. And we want to use his resources well. So to all of you who do that, thank you so much. Thank you for giving because we could not do this without you and we can't minister to other people without having financial stability and you guys make that happen. So thank you for obeying that call that God has to be faithful with your resources. I'm going to wrap up in just a minute. Here are some things that we are doing next week for Faith in Action. Okay? And this is going to hopefully give you some ideas of what you could possibly get involved with. If you would like to serve with your family, there's a green wing pond area cleanup. Basically, this is a walking path and it just needs some tender, loving care. So it's real easy to do, uh, but you can make a difference in the community. Letters to inmates. Uh, This is another one for the family, young and old. Uh, You can impact people in prison who really need to hear some encouragement, who really need to hear word from God. And that's going to be right here at Southside. And you don't have to have 
a big physical stamina to do that, but you can just sit and write letters. Meadowview Nursing Home Visit, uh, that's a way you can just reach out to some of the residents there who are lonely. And I think when they see the smile on some of these kids' faces, I think it just makes their whole week. So that's some areas you can serve. If, you have, if you're a family with some teenagers, there's a Cedarburg moving crew that we're going to help an elderly man move from Cedarburg to Belgium. And from what I hear, there's a lot of hands that are needed on this one, but you can really minister into this man's life. Uh, help with child care. As you know, we've got kids popping up everywhere. Southside is growing, and that's a great thing. Uh, but you can just love on somebody's kids and allow them to go out and serve in the community next week. There's a human trafficking prayer walk. And, you know, unfortunately, I wish that wasn't up there, but human trafficking is a reality in Sheboygan. And we're going to target some specific neighborhoods to go and pray for that area. There's an urban home roof repair, which is uh, Emily Urban just purchased a house to, to, to make a safe place for women in our community. That's a great thing. We just need some, some attention to the property. So that's one thing that's out there. And then these are full... Technically, but if you've got a heart for it and God really wants to do something, maybe you can go and talk to somebody out there and see if maybe they can squeeze you in, all right? Uh, there's a men's and women's jail ministry. There's Ortiz Home Project, and I'm hearing some great things that God is doing, some really cool things and building relationships through this project. And then again, Emily Herbin. Uh, she's got some yard work that are done and just picking up leaves and some other stuff. Uh, but those are just some things that you can get involved with, so I'd encourage you to do that next week. All right, any questions? Ready to put your face in the action? All right. Well, let me pray for us, and I'm going to just have a couple things yet. Yes, absolutely go sign up. If you have not yet, go sign up. Well, let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are a great God, and we see your example of you are in a God who is very active, Lord, in, in displaying your love for us and coming to the cross for us. And Lord, we want to be a people that is obedient, that we want to put our lives down for other people so that you can be seen in our lives. And we want to show them the love of Jesus. I pray for our projects uh, next week that are not just projects, but they're opportunities to invest into somebody else's life. And God, I pray that you would create some really cool God opportunities where we can share our faith, share our hope in you just through the conversations that come up. And I pray that you would prepare hearts as we do that, that you would prepare our hearts as well as those who you have coming uh, next week that we might bump into. God, I pray that there would be some divine moments there where the angels will be rejoicing because someone has just come into the kingdom. Uh, But Father, we just pray that that you would have your way and, and that... Uh, this would do exactly what you wanted it to do. And, and Lord, challenge us so that we can know what you want us and how you want us to live out each day of our lives so that we can be living by faith every single day. So God, have your way, we pray. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.